Today is Trivia Tuesday, but we're so packed on the Locked on Blue Jay podcast today that Trivia Tuesday this week will actually be moved to Wednesday, a Wednesday version of Trivia Tuesday this week. Now, what are we so packed with today? Well, we're going to hear from Cabby, the legendary Cabby, on how he thinks the rest of the 2023 season is going to play out for the Toronto Blue Jays. We're going to get into my choice for the next member of the level of excellence. Plus, we have a Philadelphia Philly series to get ready for, and we want to deep dive the really good pitching matchup happening tonight as you say Kikuchi taking on Zach Wheeler. Let's do this. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. Yes, indeed. First season hosting the Locked On Blue Jay podcast. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, of course, your team every day. And the Locked On Blue Jay podcast been around for a long time, but this is my first year hosting it. Very proud to be hosting it, having an absolute blast. Toronto Blue Jay baseball, a big deal for me. So I absolutely think and appreciate that you're taking time of your part of your day to tune in and talk Toronto Blue Jay baseball with me. Want to remind you, of course, all the Blue Jay action this season is available on SiriusXM. And if you're taking in today's episode on the Locked On Blue Jay podcast YouTube page, thank you for that. Please hit that like, leave that comment, hit that subscribe, please, and thank you. And I want to shout out uh, Sean Broom. I hope it's B-R-O-O-M-E. I hope, it, I hope it's Broom, Sean, but I see you hit that subscribe. Thank you for that. And to Lionheart70, who let me know he is now subscriber number 648 to the page. Uh, again, the, the Locked on Blue Jay podcast existed before, before I got here, right? Ben Shulman was the previous host. We know Ben Shulman off doing some huge things right now. A shout out to Ben Shulman and his dad, Dan Shulman. <laughs> so good, both of them, right? So good. But the uh, when I took over at the beginning of the year, I believe it was I want to say two hundred and twenty six. It was something like it was two hundred and it was in the, in, in the mid two hundred. I'd say somewhere around that of subscribers already on the Locked On Blue Jay podcast uh, YouTube page. So Lionheart seventy letting me know we're now up to six hundred and forty eight. Thanks to him hitting that subscribe. That the him or her, I think I've interacted with them before. I think it is a him, but but the the him or her Lionheart seventy hitting that subscribe. Thank you so much for that. To the everydayers. I want to shout out someone like Clark Monroe, who I know is is making the Locked On Blue Jay podcast his first podcast listen every day. And a lot of you are making the Locked On Blue Jay podcast your first podcast listen every day. The numbers on the on the listens, you know, uh, Spotify, Apple, ho- however you take in your podcast, the the podcast number, like the audio numbers, are increasing. You know, even even better than what we're seeing on the YouTube page. So just can't thank you enough for that. Helping the Locked On Blue Jay podcast grow means a lot to me. Now, let's start today with a few follow-ups, as yesterday we closed with a look at who may be next for the Toronto Blue Jays' level of excellence, and today I'm going to get into who my choice is for that. Plus, on Thursday's episode last week, it was the whole thing, the Throwback Thursday, the whole thing was dedicated to Jose Bautista, and we had Cabby and the legendary Cabby in the house for that. And now, today, I want to play a clip that's on, that hasn't been aired yet, because again, the Thursday was all about Jose Bautista, but I did ask Cabby how he sees the rest of 2023 playing out for the Toronto Blue Jays, so we'll watch that clip, get his take and his thoughts on that also. Now, first, of course, yesterday, is, is at the end, you know, we deep dive the two candidates that I hear mentioned the most to be the next people added to the level of excellence. That's Tom Hankey, that's Jimmy Key. And for Hanky, the resume to be added to the level of excellence, oh boy, it is extremely strong. But I lamented his lack of a signature moment. And we looked at the, how he blew his chance for that signature moment in game six of the 1992 World Series. 
Then we looked at Jimmy Key. Jimmy Key has an impressive application for the level of excellence as well, but I lamented that as good as Key was in his nine seasons with the Toronto Blue Jays, his first two seasons after leaving the Blue Jays, 1993 and 1994, both with the New York Yankees, both were all-star seasons for Jimmy Key. Both earned him MVP votes. He'd never had MVP votes before. And both of those seasons, he finished in the top four for Cy Young voting. If Jimmy Key could have had even similar performances, he went 35-10 and 10 over those two seasons. And remember, 94 is the strike-shortened season, so it could have been even better than 35-10. But if Jimmy Key had been able to do anything even close to resembling that in 93 and 94 for the Blue Jays, now we've got a 10th and 11th season. We're into double-digit seasons, and that level of epicness that already existed for Jimmy Key, plus how good he would have been in 93 and 94, if that had been the case, then I would submit to you that Jimmy Key would already be in the level of excellence for the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, neither of those Blue Jay legends get my vote as the next level of excellence addition, though. Now, I'm not, certainly not going to be upset if either one of them is the next to go in. They're both, they're both deserving, but... For me, Tom Cheek is massively deserving of being in the level of excellence, and he was added several years ago. Well, how about his broadcast partner, Jerry Howarth? How is Jerry Howarth not in the level of excellence? If you're like me, then you're a believer that greatness is measured over time. Well, Jerry Howarth was as good as it gets on a radio call from 1991 to 2017. Are you kidding me right now? It's almost 50 years, 5-0. That's almost 50 years of calling Toronto Blue Jay baseball. Watching the, I, I, I loved growing up, I would watch the telecast, I'd, I'd watch the game, but the game, the TV's on mute while I'm listening to Tom and Jerry call the game. And Tom and Jerry usually had, you know, but, but that seven second delay didn't matter. It was still so much better to listen to how good they were painting the picture, calling the game on the radio. How about, I know, hard to believe for our American friends or our friends outside of Canada, but the summer months in Canada are awesome. I know it's hard to believe, and the whole the whole igloo uh, um, uh, perception, right? The, the whole uh, always horrible weather in Canada perception, right? No, the summers are, are glorious. That's baseball time, of course. And I used to love, 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 love in being outside, enjoying the nice Canadian summer weather with the radio on as I listened to Tom Cheek and Jerry Howarth describe Toronto Blue Jay baseball for me. Loved it. And again, how long did that last? I mean, that was almost 50 years, of well over 40 years of that. In my opinion, absolutely epic. Uh, Jerry Howarth called all the Blue Jay playoff teams. Uh, Jerry Howarth called up until last year, I should say. Um, but what really impresses me is Jerry Howarth called all those stinkers as well, those brutal Toronto Blue Jay baseball teams, those fourth and fifth place Toronto baseball teams year after year after year, even during the seasons where the Blue Jays were really good. How about all the stinker games that Jerry Howarth had to find ways to entertain and, and, and walk us through and talk us through and to entertain us for those without the pitch clock, right? In those days, three to four hours of baseball action. Jerry Howarth. Jerry Howarth with the internet, you know, now around and, and as the internet was getting more and more prevalent, I started to be able to listen to other radio broadcast teams from across MLB and all that did. And I was already huge on Tom and Jerry are the best in the business. I was already huge on that. All the internet has done is provided more and more, uh, in my opinion, proof, I would say evidence that Tom Cheek and Jerry Howarth were as good as it gets calling games. You, you hear these other announcers around the league, all due respect to them, absolutely not as good as Tom Cheek, absolutely not as good as Jerry Howarth. 
Jerry Howarth, 77 years young, so and he had to step away from the broadcasting career because of prostate cancer. But come on, 77 years young. Let's make sure we get Jerry Howarth the flowers that he massively has earned, that he massively deserves before it's too late. I don't want to throw a morbid, you know, aspect into this here, but 77. Let's give Jerry Howarth his flowers while he's here with us. Now let's hear from the legend, Cabby, Cabral Richards, Cabby on the street, and about what how he fancies the rest of 2023 going for the Toronto Blue Jays. Does he see them as a legitimate World Series contender? I asked Cabby that very question. Here's what he had to say. I always like asking my guests, if I were to say to you, Cabby, that, that I've actually come back from the future, and I can actually tell you that the Blue Jays win the World Series in 2023, What's your instinct on that? What's your initial reaction? Well, Craig, if that's the case, then X must have gone really well for this team down yeah. the stretch. What's that X for you? Did Jordan Alvarez get injured? Did Whoa. Freddie Freeman get injured? Did Betts get injured? Um, so the blue, the 2023 Blue Jays need some okay. outside help. Did, did Ronald Acuna Jr. or Matt Olson or Austin Riley, like, did they all get the flu and they're sidelined for seven or eight days? Like, Michael Tom, Michael Harris, not Michael Thomas, Michael Harris. No, Michael Harris is in it. Well, Harris is doing his thing. He's doing his thing. He's doing his thing. He's not Matt Olson, Austin Riley. No, and not, true. Yeah. Not Ronald yeah. Acuna Jr. Um, yeah, it it would be very surprising. The Jays well, have, a, have a solid team and we're getting production from – like Whit Merrifield is like all of a sudden like this 300 hitter or whatever. He's maybe not 300, but he's been playing yeah. amazing. And uh, we're getting timely hits from Chapman and Boba Shed is leading the AL and in batting average. And um, I, I would just, I would be surprised pleasantly, yeah. but I would be surprised. I think Houston, it Houston is still the team to beat in the AL and, uh, and in the NL it's either right now as we speak, who knows what obviously nobody can predict the future, but the Dodgers and the Braves, I think are head and shoulders above the rest of the NL. Like those teams are just so ridiculously stacked. Now coming up on the Locked On Blue Jay podcast, we'll get set for this mini two game series with the Philadelphia Phillies in town. Both games, of course, available on Sirius XM. Now, first I wanted to mention that, I mean, you're finally taking that summer vacation you've been planning and looking forward to, but you are dreading buying all the necessities before you take off. Well, it's time to stop spending your hard-earned money without getting anything in return. Enter Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. You either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and you get the cash back. Yes, it is that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. You could use a cash back, I mean, for that flight, uh, for that game you want to go to, fancy dinner, etc. Right, etc. Other apps give you points back, yeah, but I mean, they don't amount to much. Now with Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, to your PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta. That includes Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta, and you use the code MLB when you register. So just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app. Use the code MLB. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use the code MLB. 
Toronto Blue Jays, despite being swept in the mini two-game series earlier this season at Philadelphia, still hold quite an impressive 46-32 and 32 record advantage over the Phillies over the years. Yes, that does include the four games to two in the 93 World Series. Yes, indeed. Phillies come into this series at a 65-54 and 54 record, leading the NL wild card 17-13 since the All-Star break. Now, the last time that the Philadelphia Phillies won a series in Toronto, you've got to go all the way back to 2011, and the Blue Jays 11-3 versus the Phillies in the six since 2011. I believe it was 2009, they didn't play in Toronto, 2010, and 2011. So in 2009 and 2011, both of those seasons, actually, the Phillies came to town for a three-game series, won the three games, took two out of three each time. But since then... In the six, I mean, right, 2021 and 2020, the Blue Jays, you know, home games were, were not at the Rogers Center against the Phillies. So you take those games out and the Jays still very impressive. They've won 11 of the last 14 games between these two teams in Toronto. Now, the Blue Jays were an absolute fire versus the Phillies coming into the final game of last season. This season, you see the Jays played a two-gamer at Philly and then a two-gamer at home against Philly. Same thing last season. It was the same setup last season. And going into that final game, it was at Philly, the fourth and final game of that se of, of their series last season. The Blue Jays had won 25 of the previous 35 games versus these two. They were on absolute fire versus the Phillies and were leading that game. If you take your mind's eye back to last season, that final Blue Jays-Phillies tilt was 3-0 Blue Jays in the eighth. They would lose 4-3 to in 10 innings as the Phillies would rally off of the Blue Jay bullpen, Jimmy Garcia, Jordan Romano, and then in extra innings, they would uh, get to Adam Simber. That turned things around for the Phillies in this matchup. They won both games this season, so they've now won three straight against the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, the, the two-game sweep that happened earlier this season for the Phillies over the Blue Jays, you might remember that was Aaron Nola in Game 1. That was Zach Wheeler in Game 2. Well, this series, we see Zach Wheeler in Game 1, Aaron Nola in Game 2. So the same two absolute stud pitchers, you know, top-of-the-rotation pitchers that the Phillies offer Blue Jays faced them both a couple weeks ago. They'll face them both in this series. Different order of the games they face them, but still. <laughs> work cut out for the Toronto Blue Jays here in this series, no doubt about it. When you look at Wheeler and and Nola in those two games versus the Blue Jays a couple, well, a couple months back, I guess, at this point, they combined for 13 innings pitched, just three runs allowed on just eight hits, just three walks in those 13 innings, and 13 strikeouts in those 13 innings. They were very good. Tonight's starter, Zach Wheeler in particular, Nola was, was very good. Wheeler was outstanding. So, oh boy, definitely something we'll, we'll need to keep an eye on tonight. Now, if you take your mind's eye back to that two-gamer this season, so how, you know, what has 2023 looked like for Phillies and Blue Jays? Well, that game one, that was an Alec Manoa start, and the Phillies hit Manoa. They hit every Blue Jay pitcher that day. And if you remember that game one of that series, they hit Alec Manoa, they hit Tim Mesa, they hit Nate Pearson, they hit Trevor Richards, they hit Eric Swanson. Uh, Nick Castellanos, in particular, had a very big game. If you remember, he was three for four. He had a double and a home run. I mean, we know Castellanos is a slugger. In the seventh inning, it was 5-1 uh, Phillies, uh, the, and the Phillies hit multiple Blue Jays, including Matt Chapman with the bases loaded. There was an error in there as well, so all of a sudden 5-1 was 5-4, and the Blue Jays had the bases loaded with one out. But what have we seen from the Toronto Blue Jays? You already, if you don't remember it, you already know where I'm going with this, right? Blue Jays this season hitting 2-0-3 with the bases loaded. My goodness. George Springer, who on the season has one for 14 with the bases loaded. Well, he struck out, and Danny Jansen grounded out. Then in the bottom of the eighth, the Phillies would rally for three off of Trevor Richards and Eric Swanson. So 5-4 became 8-4. 
Philly never looked back. They sweep the two games, or sorry, they took game one of that series. Sorry, that leads us into game two. Game two was a beauty. Remember, Kevin Gosman was sensational for the Blue Jays. Zach, just Zach Wheeler, as we were saying earlier, was sensational for the Phillies. Again, Wheeler on the mound tonight. Oh, boy. Brandon Belt hit a fifth-inning home run in that game to make it one nothing Blue Jays. It would remain one nothing all the way to the bottom of the ninth where the Phillies would rally off of Jordan Romano. They would tie it at one. If you remember that fantastic play that Vlad made at first base to keep the game at a 1-1 tie to allow the Blue Jays to still be in the game, and the game would head to the 10th inning. In the 10th inning, Nathan Lucas would pinch uh, would be a pinch runner. You know how the extra innings, you get that free runner that starts at second base. Well, that was Nathan Lucas, and as far as I know, I think Nathan Lucas, Nathan Lucas might still be he might still be standing on second base in Philadelphia and wondering what the heck happened because he, he just stood there. I mean, the Blue Jays had Danny Jansen strike out. The Blue Jays had Santiago Espinal strike out. And then the, to end the game, Alejandro Kirk on a ground out. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Then in the bottom of the 10th, first and second, one out. There's a sharp comebacker snagged by Tim Meza. He throws to Bo at second. At first and second, one out. Comebacker right to the mound. Nice job by Meza to snag it. Throws to second, perfect throw to Bo for the first out, right? Need that double play to end the inning. Go to second for one. Bo's throw over to Vlad at first. Do you remember it? Do you remember that throw? Oh, my goodness. One of the wilder throws you're ever going to see in your life, especially with such a good feed on the front end of it. I mean, Meza fed Bo. He had all kinds of time to make this play. Completely rushed. Horrible mechanics on the throw. The throw went sailing way past Vladimir Guerrero Jr. The winning run would score. The Phillies ultimately sweep that little mini two-gamer from the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, that was an extra inning game. I mean, just as a side note, let's see, because I think this will be and you know a, a couple of close games again on, on, on Tuesday and Wednesday here. So Blue Jays this so far this season, seven and seven, just, just as an FYI, seven and seven in extra inning games. The Phillies were seven and two. They were dominating in extra inning games. They've actually lost their last two, though. So they're now seven and four in extra inning games. Now, one thing that's just, I think, remarkable. From the time those two teams got together a few months back to now, the Philadelphia Phillies have found themselves. They have caught fire. The, the Phillies are 49 and 35 since they last since they got together with the Toronto Blue Jays. 14 games over 500. The Blue Jays are four games over 500 in that same span at 44 and 40. So a tale of two wildcard teams right now, yes, but I mean, the Phillies have been so much hotter than 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 the overall than the Toronto Blue Jays. Now this season for the Phillies versus AL East teams, they've dominated Tampa Bay, they've dominated Baltimore, and they've been dominated by the last place teams, the Yankees and the Red Sox, I've got them. Uh, my most impressive thing I've seen from the Phillies this season is they went to Tampa Bay and swept the Rays in a three-game series. How, how do you get a sweep? I didn't even know that it was possible. I didn't even know that by rule that was even possible that you could sweep at the Toronto Blue Jays House of Horrors, the Trop, Tropicana Field in Tampa Bay. That, that I mean, that really stood out to me. Very impressive. The Blue Jays lost. Now, of course, I mean, how have the Jays done against, you know, NLE's teams? Well, we know they lost both games to Philly. We know probably the worst game of the season for the Blue Jays in 2023 was at 11 nothing loss to AL, uh, sorry, NLE's team, the Miami Marlins. But in the other nine games, so there's 0-3 right there, but in the other nine games that the Blue Jays have played against the NLE's this season, the Blue Jays have won all nine of those games, and that includes a sweep over the New York Mets, and that includes a sweep over, got to be the best team in baseball, the Atlanta Braves. I'm going to predict a split in this series. I mean, how, how can you 
it, you look at the Wheeler and Nola going for the Phillies. Okay, Phillies probably sweep this series. Well, wait a minute. What about the other side of the coin? Blue Jays have Yusei Kikuchi and Kevin Gosman going. Are the Blue Jays really going to get swept? They're two best pitchers going here. Certainly, they're two hottest pitchers. Are the Blue Jays really going to get swept here? No. So I can't see Wheeler and Nola getting swept. I can't see Yusei and Gosman getting swept. So I'm going to split the difference. I'm going to say that this series ends up one each. Next on the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast, we'll deep dive tonight's really good-looking pitching matchup. But first, I wanted to mention that football season about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. And you can use your bonus bets on what spreads, uh, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets for Amer- with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Let's take a look at the Phillies starter tonight. Very good righty on the mound, Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler, 9-5 and five on the season, 3.74 ERA. In 2021, he finished second in Cy Young voting in the National League. And in 2021, he led the league with three complete games and two complete game shutouts. Now, he hasn't had either ever since that 2021. So in 2022 and 2023, he's been very good. I mean, he hasn't fallen off a cliff, just hasn't quite been what he was in that 2021 when he was making that run at the Cy Young. For the first time since 2019, his ERA is in the threes and not the twos. I mean, Zach Wheeler's really darn good. Now, speaking of an ERA in the twos, it is in the twos since the All-Star break. 2.76 ERA in his five starts since the break. The, that game, I, I keep saying, man, did he ever pitch really well against the Jays, you know, a couple months back? It, if you remember that game, that was seven innings pitched. It was one run on three hits, one walk, seven strikeouts. He was dominant. The Phillies overall are 15 and eight in Wheeler starts. I mean, extremely impressive. And six of those eight losses were by one run. So pretty much every single time, uh, the other losses, by the way, the other two losses, one was by two runs, one was by three runs. So every single time Zach Wheeler hits the mound for the Philadelphia Phillies, he absolutely gives them a chance to win. This is a this is a scary starter here. The Phillies, in fact, I mean, super hot. They've won nine of Zach Wheeler's last 11 starts. Now in this Blue Jay lineup, not a not a ton of experience versus Zach Wheeler. Brandon Belt, the most experienced, and he's had some success. Six for 20, and two of those six hits left the ballpark for Brandon Belt versus Zach Wheeler. Now, George Springer just won for five career versus Wheeler. Whit Merrifield just won for seven career against Wheeler. And Dalton Varshow and Matt Chapman each just won for eight versus Wheeler. That's a combined four for 28. So on on paper, <laughs> nothing to look forward to there. Now we know what Merrifield, you know, it's, he's been hitting much better. And, and Dalton Varshow had himself a bit of a weekend as well. Matt Chapman, let's see what happens with that middle finger. Is, is, is he going to play tonight? How, how is he going to play in this series? How is he going to look? But on paper, this looks really good for Zach Wheeler. Again, have to hope that Whit Merrifield is just hitting so much better recently and that Dalton Varshow is hitting so much better recently. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., just two for seven in his career uh, versus Zach Wheeler, but the two hits were extra bases. There was a double and a home run in there. And would you believe this is one of the, I'd say, more surprising, pleasantly surprising glass half fulls that we've had this season on the Locked on Blue Jay podcast. We can actually look forward to seeing Paul DeYoung today. What, Craig, did you say? Yes, yes. We can actually look forward to seeing Paul DeYoung today. He's He's had three singles and like 700 at-bats so far for the Blue Jays. It's been awful, but in his career versus Zach Wheeler, 
Paul DeYoung, four for nine, and two of those four hits left the ballpark. So I'm actually excited about Paul DeYoung tonight. Now, DeYoung is a righty. It's worth mentioning that really I'm most excited. We're going to have to watch, you know, the belts, the bijos. We're going to really, of our shows, have to watch the lefties. That's probably going to be the Blue Jays' best chance to make some hay tonight is the lefties. I mean, righties barely hitting in the 200. I think it's like 202 versus Zach Wheeler. Lefties, though? Lefties are hitting 270. That's extremely impressive for lefties against Zach Wheeler. Now, opponents hitting just 212 versus Wheeler's fastball. Righties are going to try to need to pick out Wheeler's sinker. He's he's dominant versus righties with his fastball and his and his pretty new his new sweeper. But that sinker, that's the pitch that Wheeler's had trouble with against righties. The Vlads, the, the Merrifields, the Springers going to have to look to do damage uh, against that pitch tonight. Espinal or Chapman, whoever's in at third. Now, lefties will need to continue. They've, they've been picking on the slider this season. They'll need to continue to pick on the slider. The we, We've seen Wheeler this season as well miss his spots, you know, pretty, pretty often with his curveball also, but he's missing his spots a lot to lefties with his slider. That's going to be a major key for the Blue Jays tonight. Now, Opposing Zach Wheeler, you say Kikuchi. Every day, as well, know we've been talking on the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast that we're now past the conversation, you know, where the conversation was, boy, hasn't you say been so much better in 2023 than 2022? Hasn't it been so much better? We're past that. Now we're into the Yusei Kikuchi has been a downright good pitcher. Never mind the comparisons. He's, he's His 2023 is standing out on its own at this point. He's tied with teammate Jose Barrios for the 11th best ERA in the American League. I mean, Jose Barrios had the worst ERA last season. He's tied with you, and, and, and you say was right up there too as being, as we know, right? His 2022 was a nightmare. Both of them this season. Wow, 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 wow. How how have the Toronto Blue Jays who haven't gotten nearly what they what they needed to get from guys like Springer and Vlad, you know, at the top of the lineup? I mean, Alec Manoa is not even on the big league level. How are they in a playoff position right now? Well. It's because of the 2023s that we've seen authored by Jose Barrios and by Yusei Kikuchi. Yusei Kikuchi, five starts out of the All-Star break. The earned runs he's allowed in those five starts, one, zero, one, one, one. Are you absolutely kidding me? He's lowered his ERA in all five starts coming out of the All-Star break. Everydayers will know I, w- I was... Still concerned about you say, even though he was so you know much better in that first half because I I every day as we know we've deep dived this. You say in 2021 had a first half of the season that was so good he represented Seattle in the all-star game. He was an all-star. Then the second half of the season, he went one and five with an ERA of 5.98. And by in the stretch run, the last couple of weeks of the season, when remember Seattle in 2021 was right there with the Blue Jays chasing Boston and New York for that wild card spot coming down the stretch there, and they skipped over. The last couple of weeks, Seattle skipped over Yusei Kikuchi's spots in the rotation in a pennant race in the stretch drive. That's how bad he had become. He had regressed to being every bit as bad as every other half of season we'd already uh, always seen from Yusei Kikuchi. In fact, uh, those five starts that that he had coming out of the All Star break, well, that how about that first that very first start in 2021 that Yusei Kikuchi had out of the All Star break? He allowed seven runs and that would set the tone for that one and five second half of the season for that 598 second half of the season well this time around with the toronto blue jays the second half of the season you say kikuchi (laughs) 
Uh, has he hit the ground running? He's been so, so, so impressive. And part of the so, so, so impressive was you look at a few weeks back, you say Kikuchi had, had allowed 22 home runs. He It was it was the worst in baseball. He, he was, and, and that's something that is that has continued for this season. I'll say that. He's still getting hit hard. I will definitely say that. But he's minimizing the damage. Even those 22 home runs he had allowed, 14 of those were solo home runs. They and 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 there was only one three-run home run. So, not putting those three, four runs, you know, those those big crooked number run run innings on the board. That's been the difference for Yusei Kikuchi so far this season. You look at that uh, back on July sixth. Yusei Kikuchi uh, it was a third-inning home run back on July sixth. A third-inning home run to Eloy Jimenez. Blue Jays would end up winning that game anyway. So all good. But that was the last home run Yusei Kikuchi has allowed. So again, you know, weeks ago, coming into July, he was him and Lance Lynn were were trading spots, going back and forth for the most home runs allowed in the league. Since that July sixth, that's the only home run he's allowed in the five starts since the All Star break. Yusei Kikuchi has not allowed a home run. The improvement with the control, the 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 walks falling off a cliff, like the the walks plummeting, which is of course is a great thing, and what he's been doing lately with not even allowing home runs. And when he has allowed home runs in 2023, it's been of the solo variety. You can overcome a solo variety. You can overcome a solo home run, I should say. Sorry. I mean, just those turnarounds there alone, absolutely remarkable. This game is at the Rogers Center. Well, you say Kikuchi's turnaround at the Rogers Center. Totally remarkable. Last season, five and three with a 4.58 ERA at home. This season, five and two with the 3.44 ERA at home. So he's going to end up with a lot more wins, hopefully keep got that two losses, so less losses than last season, and he's going to end up shaving, what, a, a run and a half? Let's see if he can continue on the streak. He might he might shave as many as two runs off of that, probably not, but more like a, a run and a half, a, a run and three quarters off of that home ERA from last season. He's only ever faced on this team, uh, on this uh, of these current Phillies, he's only ever faced Nick Castellanos and Rodolfo Castro. Those two are combined 0 for 7 with three strikeouts. Uh, the uh, the Rodolfo Castro, you might remember, he, he's sort of like the, the Paul DeYoung uh, for the Phillies. They picked him up at the trade, le- a trade deadline, that middle infielder for that help there. He's only 1 for 16 so far. I mean, really struggling with the bat, right? Paul DeYoung-like for the Blue Jays. Now, Rodolfo came over from the Pirates, so that the you say one of his good games, and you know, so many good games this season, was against the Pirates earlier this season. And Rodolfo in uh, Castro in that game against you say was 0 for 3 with a strikeout. Now, the key will be the success of Kikuchi's. Remember, Kevin Gosman calls it the curve slider-ish pitch, that new. I say it's a new pitch. It's like like a take on on how he used to throw his slider, and it has so much more movement. It's been so much more effective. He's controlling it. He's, he's putting it. Uh, he, he's orchestrating that pitch significantly better than he ever has in the past with the new spin, with with the new delivery on it. It's his top strikeout pitch, and it's been. I mean, it's been the difference maker for Yusei Kikuchi in twenty twenty three. Philadelphia Phillies on the season so far, they've been good. They're twenty one and sixteen versus lefties. So. Kikuchi versus a good Phillies team against lefties. Kikuchi versus Zach Wheeler. This was not going to be an easy one, but what have we seen from 2023? You say Kikuchi more often than not, he's been up to the task. That's a wrap for Tuesday's Locked on Blue Jay podcast episode. I mean, you saw we were packed, right? Had to move trivia Tuesday to tomorrow, but I always enjoy the trivia, so do tune in tomorrow for that. Reminder that tonight's Blue Jays Phillies tilt is available on Sirius XM. Go Jays, go! And we'll talk tomorrow.